Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. It's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and enjoying the 50 most relevant, getting really close now to not just revealing the number one player, but wrapping up the 50 most relevant series. The number six player that I've got in my list as the most relevant Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy in this universal list. A very new inclusion to the Carlton Football Club, Michael Gibbons. To help me talk about Gibby, uh, I've got Rain Man back on. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, going well, MJ. I'd just like to quote the goodies, and this might be a bit old for some of our young listeners, but do, do, do the funky Gibbons. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anyone under the age of 30 has just gone, what the freak is he on about, <laughs> mate? But that's okay. Look, he is one of the newest players to join the AFL list uh, officially. And now that he's here, we've got ourselves a really, really exciting footballing option. In his mid-20s, he is listed as a midfielder and encouragingly enough, like what we've seen with a lot of these VFL-listed players that have been added through the new supplementary rules of the AFL, they've been positioned and priced at pretty much a basement rookie for us. So he's going to set you back just over that 100000 market in Supercoach. AFL Fantasy is one seventy, and for Dream Team, 130300 When we talk about this incredible VFL talent, last year, he, along with the now Gold Coast son, Anthony Miles, won his second consecutive J.J. Liston medal. That is the VFL equivalent of the Brownlow medal. And last year in 2018 in the VFL, he ranked first in the league for total disposals, an average of 28 a game, uh, clearances, an average of seven a game, and inside 50s, 6.5 a game, as well as recording a club-high numbers in contested possessions and tackles across all 18 VFL matches. Uh, he's also been named in the VFL Team of the Year in each of the last three seasons. And while only now is he getting his opportunity at the AFL standard, Rainman, he's been a guy that in mock drafts, in phantom drafts, and often after the past few seasons of the AFL draft, footy experts and media personalities have said, what more has this guy got to do to get on an AFL list? That's exactly right. I know Paul Roos came out uh, just around draft time last year, the end of 2018, and was quoted as saying, this guy must be on an AFL list. Um, And I think the knock on him previously, like a few others, has been around his height and his size. Um, you know, think Caleb Daniel and think uh, uh, even Libba early days. Um, but I think, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding and, and this can be changed. And uh, he couldn't have gone to a better side than the Blues for what they need to help support, you know, my boy Paddy Cripps. Yeah, and I do want to talk about what that midfield structure and looks like and the role he does play because Gibbons really is a natural ball winner. He's also capable of disposing of the ball confidently on either side of his body. And he does have some strong athletic ability and that desire to get himself to multiple contests in a row. And really, since joining Williamstown in the VFL, I think it was like four or five years ago, um, he's been a real consistent and standard 
standout performer, not just now at VFL level, but even at the elite level of training for the AFL since joining Carlton in December when Doc went down with that unfortunate season-ending knee injury. He's impressed the coaching team and teammates with this insatiable hunger to learn, the ferocity for the footy in the contest, and doing something that not many at the club have done for the past few years, and that is match the elite running levels of the club leader, Ed Curnow. Yeah, and I think that there's been some media out around how he's actually fitted in with the group. And I think the, the, the thing that impressed the whole team up there was normally young players come in and they gravitate towards the leaders. Mm. Um, but he gravitated towards everyone. He made sure he got time with everyone, was trying to understand their game, what the points and tips were for him to be a success at AFL. And I think that speaks volumes of him as a person. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think it does. You're right. You know, the biggest criticism people have had is is his height. You know, he's, but he's only two centimetres smaller than Lockie Neal. And like Neal, he's just got this ability to get in and under at every single contest and, and keep going to the next contest, you know, here in, here out. So you know, there's no real knocks on it. And the fact that he's priced at a basement for us, and I do truly believe he's inside Carlton's best 22, um, means, in my opinion, there's no downside here because if he was a priced at, you know, 300000 400000 sure, that, then it's a little bit differently. But that club that he's come to in Carlton, I know historically um, have definitely filled their list with guys that are, Sure, AFL, you know, able, but don't have heaps of upside and growth. And while um, Carlton are still a few years off being where they'd like to be in terms of still plenty of young kids in that midfield. In fact, their entire side still very youth heavy and youth deep in terms of how many of their best 22 are kids. To bring Gibbons in based on his age profile they looking to play him because they still have so many kids in their squad that they want to get as many AFL games into as possible to see whether or not they can make it, to see whether or not O'Brien, Dow, these kids are really going to make it, to see if Williamson is going to be everything they believe he could be, to see if Petrovsky, Seaton, now highly rated, highly drafted, but you don't go and pick a mid-20s midfielder unless you believe they're in your best side because otherwise you're just hogging a space of a kid to develop over the next 12 months. Yeah, and I think, look, Colton had a track record, unfortunately, of having a few list cloggers in as well. Yeah. Um, but this this doesn't feel like that at all. And I think it's really um, important, those players that you talked about, so the O'Briens, the Dows, even, you know, a guy like Zach Fisher yeah. and Will Setterfield to a degree, you know, they, they're kids. They're highly, highly talented kids. What Gibbons brings in is he's been playing amongst men in the VFL for a long period of time. He's got the body that can absorb the punches and he can actually bring in that maturity and that knowledge. And hey, he's got a couple of years on these guys, but he actually has some tools and tricks in his belt that will actually get in there and help support Cripper, help support you know Mark Murphy and help the development of these guys just by role modelling what he actually does. Yeah, well, well something that hasn't been um, synonymous with the Carlton Football Club over the past few years is this noticeable hunger, the effort, the passion for the Guernsey, um, you know, this ability to week in, week out, you know, contest, uh, contested moment after contested moment to deliver. But that's something that we're seeing Michael Gibbons will bring to the club. And as phenomenal as a footballer as Patrick Cripps is, there's only so much, even though he is young... 
There's only so much of him putting the team on his shoulders through that midfield unit and saying, lads, come on with me, before that starts to take a toll physically on him or even on his fantasy scores. For us that kind of care a little bit about that, he's going to give great inside and some outside support to Patrick Cripps as well as lifting what's expected from the kids. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's interesting you mentioned the outside as well because we do picture Gibbons as an inside player, but he runs at about 44% contested possession rate inside. So he's actually got a decent outside game as well. And I think that is a good compliment for the Blues because they've got some good, tough inside players. But they, they, you know, with an ageing Murphy and a, mm. a coming on Fisher and, and Sam Petrescu Seaton, it probably helps to have a two-way player. Yeah. And I feel like he can be that. And I think it's really interesting. You know, you, you talked around his best 22, and I've got no doubt that he is. It's how and where he fits into that team that is an interesting conversation point. Yeah, and then having realistic expectations for us from fantasy coaches about just how well he delivers in terms of numbers. The fact is, he's at a basement price for us. Agree. He's inside that best 22 starting round one. And look, even if he isn't, for whatever ghastly selection reason that that doesn't happen, he's going to be given an opportunity, an extended run at it. So whether or not he makes it in round one or not, but I, for the record, believe he will be, he's still going to be such a highly relevant cash cow for us this year because traditionally mature age midfielders just score that fraction above what we see from our first year or even second year rookies coming into the AFL level. Yeah, and uh, the greatest one of all, uh, Mickey Barlow, who obviously goes down in the annals of history as you know that mature age darling for us so many years ago, even uh, as soon as... Uh, uh, Gibbons got put on the list, tweeted out, you know, a thumbs up uh, and a lock symbol. So that that's a really good sign. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it's interesting where he lines up. So I think he does run through the mids, but he'll also play a pressure forward yeah. as well. He's got a really good. He's running at around about five and a half, six tackles a game as an average, um, and he's got some good closing speed as well. So you mentioned around his fitness base and running with Ed Kerno. Mm. What Colton really lack is that pressure forward. Yeah. So we, we've seen an evolution coming into this year around what their forward structure will look like. They've got some tall targets now with McGovern and Harry Mackay and also uh, my boy Charlie running through there as well. <laughs> I think they've talked around, you know, Cam Poulton, and Dave Cunningham, a couple of these guys who are, let's face it, they're not quality footballers that Gibbons is. Yes. Um, you know, pl- applying that pressure and even Ed Kernow potentially coming up there. So I think you see a lot more of a mix this year of some of those uh, pressure-tackling kind of inside players running through the forward line to help support and be at the feet to lock down that pressure, um, which is what you haven't seen previously from the Blues. So I think that's a bit of a game change, which means more time on ground, so not necessarily on and off. I think they spell a bit forward, mm. which is uh, can only be good for fantasy scores. Yeah, whether or not he delivers what we saw years ago from Michael Barlow, a more recent Tim Kelly, or something that's just there and thereabouts as a really solid cash cow option, I think he should be a one of, if not the most owned rookies that we're going to get in 2019. And then the one extra positive for us is Carlton come with that final buy round for us 
in the multi-buy rounds. Now, while he probably will have maxed out in price and marginally may have slipped back to the pack a little bit and dropped some of his value by round 14, so certainly by round 6, 7, 8, that is generally the ideal time to start trading up these cash cows, there's that opportunity for us to look to, depending on which other cash cows do come through for us, either at the start of the season or midway through the year, there is that opportunity, which we did get with a Tim Kelly type, to run him right up to the buy round, get those extra 120, 130, 180 points across the two weeks of the multi-buy round, and then trade him out. Yeah, it may not have as much value. It may cost you 20000 but that probably isn't the difference between winning or losing your season. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you look at his, uh, you've already talked around his basement price and his scoring potential, he's not going to smash out hundreds, right? He could, that'd be great. But even if he just averages 70 and we're rolling that at that basement price, he's still going to be incrementally throwing a a 90 here and so forth. He's incrementally going to be making money right up until that stage. So he's not going to stagnate too late. Um, And to your point around Tim Kelly, you know, Tim Kelly stagnated, but was actually a really good hold, even post-buy yeah. for some of that coverage. Now, I'm not saying that Gibbons is a Tim Kelly, but I think there are some similarities there. Yeah, they're less likely fatigue as the season goes on. And I believe Michael Gibbons has the greatest gift for us as a fantasy coach when we're talking about cash cows, and that is job security. Who cares if they get 81 week 90 the next week, if they're going to get dropped or if they're only in the side replacing an injured player that's coming back. For me, Michael yep. Givens is clearly inside that best 22. He's at a basement price for us, and he's not getting moved out of that side unless injury curtails him. And so that's the greatest thing he brings is job security, and that's what you need for cash generation and for points on ground. Yeah, and I think you talk about injury, and we know that you know, Setterfield is uh, coming back from injury, so battling for round one. Kennedy doesn't have a great track record with his shoulders. So there's, you know, there's question marks already on some of those players that are seen as that midfield mix for the Blues. Mm. So I think that that only emphasises that point more. I think so too. Look, it seems like you're very similar to, uh, to myself and pretty much the entire fantasy footy community in every format. He's in the side right now, and it would take a massive shock round one Thursday night against the Tigers to not see Givens make his AFL debut. He's a fantasy lock. Yeah, don't question it. Just do it. Yeah, no, fair enough too. Let's talk drafts, because this is where it gets interesting for me, is I'm not opposed to a sneaky late fly selection on Michael Gibbons in either a single season or a keeper league draft. Now, it depends on how deep the squads are, how many coaches, all those variables. I get it. But if he can replicate anything within proximity of what he's done at VFL level and maybe echo what we saw from Tim Kelly last year, then that's a fantastic late-round selection because generally those last two or three picks in a draft, it's just speculative picks and hoping you get some luck. Yeah, I agree. That's where you take your chances on your potential breakout. Or, you know, and I'm already seeing in some of the mock simulations going through Sam Walsh's and Will Setterfield's and Rankins, and some of these guys are actually popping up in the last couple of rounds. This guy has their chops because of what he's done previously. So I completely agree. I think uh, you're not going to lose anything in the the last three rounds by taking a punt on him because if it doesn't work out, you drop him to the waivers. That's right. The, The risk is non-existent. The reward could be sky high if things go his way in terms of how he lines up in that Carlton side. Hey, Rain Man, appreciate you talking about another one of your new boys. 
Happy to, MJ. If, thank you. Oh, I know, man. I thought you might be. If you want to go and check out the article on Michael Gibbons, there's some video footage of him and also some of his VFL stats. Uh, that is all listed for you at coachespanel.tv. You can go back and, and read through all the other players revealed in the 50 most relevant, as well as our club-by-club roundtables. If you want to join our Patreon and support the coaches panel, some new and exciting new goals have been given, as well as some rewards if you want to get involved in that. And if you've been enjoying the 50 most relevant podcasts, uh, I'd encourage you to leave a five-star rating and review. We hit the top five of the 50 most relevant tomorrow. You may feel like you've nailed the names, and chances are you have. But have you got my order down?